everyone, and welcome back to the Tucson Type Podcast. My name is Tatum, and I will be your host as we talk to makers, artisans, and entrepreneurs of Tucson. For our second chapter, we are joined by Serena Rios McRae from Cactus Clouds Art. Talking with Serena was an absolute pleasure. She has this infectious laugh and loved our dog, which was an added bonus. We were able to chat about how she got started with watercolor and her business and her latest project, which tackles the topic of postpartum depression. And overall, it was just such a great experience. So I hope you all enjoy this conversation as much as I did with the creator behind Cactus Clouds Art, Serena Rios McRae. Um, But the first time that I got it, that I got watercolor paints um, was because I had kids and I had this whole closet full of art supplies from diving into going to art school. And then I got pregnant and then all of a sudden I wasn't going to school and I had two kids that needed their closet. And so I sold (laughs) all of my art supplies, all this beautiful professional papers and all these things And I wanted to continue doing something. And so I got watercolors because they're compact. And I was able to get one pad of paper and one little teeny tiny palette, which was the cheapest one that you can get that was like $6, (laughs) like the little kids craft ones. And, um, and so the really the, the thing that dove me into finally trying watercolor was the necessity of being in a small apartment with two kids, two dogs, wanting to do something and choosing watercolors because they're just, they're compact. You can travel Mm -hmm. with them. They didn't take up any space in my house and they weren't something that my kids could get into and make a mess with (laughs) because they dry up. (laughs) So watercolor fit into Serena's life perfectly at the time. And thank goodness for that, because now we get to enjoy her beautiful creations. And next she went on to tell us her favorite part of creating with watercolor. I love that it's very unpredictable and even more so I think because I'm painting in the desert and it's very dry here and so in places where there's more humidity people can wet their paper and have a good couple of hours to work with that color but painting in the desert you have to move fairly quickly and I feel like it very much defines what my style is. Um, And so I love the unpredictability of it. It never looks like you think it's going to look by the time that it's dry. And that's very cool. Um, And I also like that it's a transparent medium because you can really play. And that's kind of what makes it very unforgiving because if you make a mistake, you can't really cover it up. Um, But it's also really fun to play with layering and mixing colors because when you put those transparent layers on top of each other, they change. Now, how did you make the jump into like starting a business? And I know that's a very loaded question. (laughs) Like you're like doing art, you're creating, this is fun. And then like, how did Cactus Clouds art come to be? Serena started off by saying that she actually had some good business experience in the past and used those lessons to help her current art business become successful. I also want to apologize for the slight shift in audio in about another minute. Our AC kicked on, which I know is a privileged problem to have, so we just rolled with it. You'll also hear the little clickety-clackety, which is our fur baby Stormy, coming in to say hi as well. 
Um, but through doing LuLaRoe, I got all this training and I was very on top of soaking up every single thing that anybody could teach me. Um, and I, I learned some things the hard way too. <laughs> and, um, and so when it came to art, I was just creating and people were really liking what I made. And I started, I think I started out by making stickers and doing business logos for people. And I mean, it just blew up very fast. And then I had people inviting me to do gallery shows. And I don't remember exactly when I got my business license. I think it was when I decided to go into market season and do all the markets in the fall. And so then I made it a legitimate business and I went forward, but it kind of, kind of just naturally blossomed. And then I used my previous knowledge that I had learned um, through doing LuLaRoe and doing all those trainings and soaking up all that information to be able to just dive in and make it work. Nice. What do you think is like one of the biggest lessons you've learned in all of your business experience, whether that's art or something else? Like, is there, I guess a better question might be like, what advice would you give to someone starting out? I, have, I think I have three things in my mind for that answer. Number one is keep track of your taxes and pay them. <laughs> Very important. <laughs> don't don't believe that every penny that you make is yours. Pay your taxes. <laughs> um, I think getting comfortable with rejection is very important as an artist because when we create, we create from our heart, and it's like everything is our baby, but that doesn't mean that everybody wants it. And if you want to be a successful artist, you need to be able to go out into the world and pitch yourself to people um, if you want to get into galleries or if you want to get into shops. And so getting comfortable with rejection is so important because if you get rejected the first time and then you get your feelings hurt, then there goes your business and you're done, right? right. And it's so hard because like you said, it's so personal with art, but I guess you just have to learn to separate the two. Yeah, and I think recognizing that, number one, one person's opinion or one shop's opinion or whatever it is, is not how you measure your worth as an artist. They have their own expectations that if you meet them, then that's great, and you have a partnership and you move forward. And if you don't meet them, then they're also running a business and they know what they want and don't want, and that's okay. Right. And so learning to not take rejection personal is very important. Um, my my th my third bit of advice for diving in and making an art business is remembering that however lucrative one thing that you might do can be, you still have to stay in tune with your artist heart. And so I said um, earlier that I had started doing business logos and I had so many people wanting business logos that I could have just never done anything else and just paid my bills on business logos. But if I didn't prioritize and make time to also go into my heart and paint for myself, then my creativity gets blocked. I turn into, you know, just a machine. Um, and eventually everything will start to look the same. Okay, so quick recap of Serena's advice for your art business. One, pay your taxes. Two, try not to take rejection personal. It's just business. And three, stay in tune with your artist's heart and what you truly want to create and make time for it. Because if you stick in one place, 
and no matter how much money it makes and you just do it and do it and do it, then eventually all your work will be the same and you won't have that discovery and that joy and that originality that comes from just having fun and making things that maybe nobody will ever actually see. That was such good advice and I'm probably going to play it on repeat a couple of more times when I need those reminders. And on the topic of creating from your heart, Serena talks to us about what inspires her work. Um, Tuslan very much. We have a really cool color palette here and I feel very inspired um, as I think many Tucson artists do, which is why we have a fantastic artist mm-hmm. community. Um, I feel very inspired by cacti and their, um, I want to say reliability, that's not the right word, the way that they just survive. And they don't just survive, but they they bloom and they, they thrive, thrive and they're beautiful. And so they I find that... little plants. Yeah, and, and I mean, you see ones that have fallen over and then they just propagate a new baby out of them. Like, nope, like not today, right? <laughs> and so I feel I feel very inspired by that. Um, I love plants and botanicals. And um, I also love, actually, on the flip side, I hate straight lines. And so I have this thing about, like, the way that I make marks on paper I try very much to not make straight lines on purpose because I love I love letting things be un- unpredictable. So when it comes to watercolor, I do lots of splatter and lots of just letting the water be free on the paper. Um, I loosen up my wrist very often to let the pen kind of follow the grains of the paper and to see what happens. And um, so yeah, I like I like spontaneity, and I love the desert. I also really like rainbows. It's very important to rainbows me too. Rainbows are great. Rainbows are great. <laughs> if you want to see a little something more about what Serena means about not liking straight lines and kind of going with the flow of the paper, she has a video on her Instagram timeline which shows her working in the front seat of a Jeep on a bumpy road. Her art still turns out gorgeous, but it has a very natural look to it, which is pretty cool. Um, And then we took a quick water break because hydration is important for people and watercolor. And then we jumped into Serena's latest project, which is a deck of cards called Affirmations Moms Actually Need. Well, backstory, I, when I had my children, I had really terrible postpartum depression and it was um, a surprise. It was not something that I expected. When I was pregnant, my pregnancies were awful. And I kept telling myself, um, when I have the baby, everything will be better. And then I had the baby and almost the same day, depression just came down and hit me. I remember when I had um, my first daughter in the hospital, I didn't even want to hold her from the first moment. And so I invited my family in and I let them pass her around and I had this immediate disconnect from her which followed into very terrible depression um fantastic that my husband did not get fired because of the amount of days he called out to support me and essentially keep our baby alive because it was a really really rough time um and so then i had my second child immediately because we recognized this was so bad i will never do it again 
if I don't just do it right now. And so when my first daughter was nine months, we got pregnant with my second daughter, oh, so wow. they're very close. And we knew that we wanted to have more than one. We, um, so we just dove in and did it. And we were like, it's bad now. Let's just, <laughs> let's just, just get keep it going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we had my second daughter and, um, same thing almost immediately upon having her, the depression and the depression from the first child never really went away, mm-hmm. but it, you know, it came back twofold when I had my second. And when I began watercoloring was at a point when I realized, like, I have my, my, my memories of that time, I have a physical, like, dark fog over those memories. Some things I can't even remember, but the things that I do remember, it's like I'm looking at an old negative, right? Um, and I had reached a point where I recognized that I was seeing the sunshine and that dark fog hadn't been there for a while. And that was about the point when I started to watercolor. And so immediately upon realizing like, wow, I've discovered this new medium and it feels incredible to be creating this. And it makes, um, it just feels like my soul is talking with this medium that I've newly discovered. I also recognized that it had been a while since I had had a bad day. And at that point I started looking back and thinking about what do I remember? What was not helpful that people said to me? What were the hurtful things that people said to me? Mm-hmm. Um, lots of judgment. I had lots of people tell me I wasn't normal. Um, so it all kind of came at once was this, this recognition that I was seeing light again. And with that diving into art again and, um, and then thinking about how I had grown and if I looked back, what were the things that I would have said to myself if I could talk to myself five years ago when I had my first daughter, what would I have said? And so I started writing down affirmations that, you know, we always hear things, um, like sleep when the baby sleeps and, um, you know, rest while you can. And then there's things like, oh, it only gets worse from here. Like you think (laughs) this is bad. And so people say these things to mothers that a lot of times are, are meaning well or have good intention, but they're really patronizing and sometimes offensive and sometimes hurtful. And, um, And so I wrote down all these things that I wish that somebody had said to me and also the recognition that I was so ashamed to have depression that I denied it and I did not get myself help when I absolutely 100% should have. And so I had this shame of my life and my motherhood not looking correct and people telling me that's not normal but nobody said you know can I make a phone call for you can I find you a therapist do you think that would be helpful I didn't have anybody in my life giving me those helpful things and I was so ashamed of not being normal that I suffered silently. And so when I started building this project, I was thinking about what are the things that I want 
mothers who are in my situation because I know that they're out there and I know a lot of them aren't speaking up and getting help. Right. What could I say to them that would give them the solidarity and the courage to know that it's okay to feel how they feel and it's okay if you don't have an immediate warm fuzzy love for your baby and it's okay if you're so depressed that you can't move because that's normal it's not good <laughs> but it's normal and it's um, nothing to be ashamed of and so I I made this deck of cards affirmations moms actually need so to reiterate just a little affirmations moms actually need is a beautiful 52 card deck which you can pre-order now and I will leave a link in the show notes for that and if you go to Serena's Instagram, you can see some of the cards in the deck and the video testimonials, and it's such a great project, so please check it out when you get the chance. This is truly a candid work of art that is resonating with a lot of people, and it's really cool to see that. Serena went on to say that one of her favorite parts about this project is hearing other people's stories and helping create an outlet and a community for people to talk openly about postpartum mental health. We then wrapped up the conversation with Serena's favorite thing about Tucson and parting words she wanted to share with you all. I love Tucson's food and I feel um, like there's like I have great pride that Tucson is the only city of gastronomy in America and I love it and I love trying local restaurants and I love ordering weird stuff off the menu. Um, there's a peanut butter and jelly hamburger which is fantastic. What? <laughs> I don't think I ever want to put those words in the same oh, yeah. sentence. And so that I mean that's that's gotta be my favorite thing about Tucson. I love I love the art community. I love the downtown community. I went to high school downtown, so it's very um dear to me. And everybody, you know, in the art community is incredible and I feel like we have very much like a family and a and a partnership in our community and it's not as competitive as it would be other places. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and food. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Um, do you have any like last final parting words you wanted to share um, with anyone listening to this? My a thought that I've been thinking about this week, and that is what I will share, is that if the world did not have artists, we would lack so much. And I was pondering on the necessity of art in everything from, you know, advertising to home decor to architecture and all of these things that when you drive into a new city or, you know, you buy a new phone or whatever it is that gets you excited, it gets you excited because of art. And, um... And, you know, we can be, we can be moved by it and we can be frustrated by it. And if we didn't have people creating and making marks on stuff, I mean, if we take down art to like the very basics of just making marks on things, the world would be really boring and plain. And so that's kind of the thoughts that I've had this week is just appreciating the creatives in the world and everything from just making something prettier than it could be to like sharing a deep message or you know inciting emotion in somebody else 
and so there's such a necessity for art in the world and I feel sad sometimes that artists are so underappreciated um, but I'm also a very loud human and so I share my art as many places as I can and I teach people to create so that they can also tap into that and give their soul another way to express itself. I love that. That was so beautiful. <laughs> that was a perfect ending. So yes, that was a beautiful ending and I teared up a little listening to it again and it's really just a great reminder to stop and appreciate all of the beautiful art in the world. You can find Serena and learn more about her art and the projects she's working on on her Instagram page at Cactus Clouds Art and same name on Facebook. From there, she also has a link tree to her shop and affirmations moms actually need and that is also in the show notes here. She also has some great watercolor tutorials available if you're interested in practicing or starting watercolor in any way, so please go check her out. And my name is Tatum. You can find me on Instagram at the Tucson Type and also the TucsonType.com. Please reach out if you want to talk. I would love to hear from you all. Thanks again for joining Serena and myself today. Until next time, Tucson. Okay, it's time for our Tucson fun fact. Technically, this fact isn't just about Tucson, but the saguaro is iconic to Southern Arizona, so I thought it was pretty fitting. Plus, Serena loves plants, and we talked about cacti, so it all kind of fits. So here it is. We all know that saguaros are all over the place in town, but there is something that happens with a crested saguaro that is actually kind of rare. A crested saguaro is when the cells of the cactus start growing outward instead of the typical circular top that you'll usually see. They're really cool and it looks like there's a crown on top of the saguaro and according to the National Park Service, only about 1 in 200,000 saguaros have this type of cell movement. I've attached a link in the show notes if you want to read more and see some cool pictures. Um, so yeah, that's about it. Okay, bye.